Ambition Feed. Hello, I'm Melanie Renaldin, Deputy CEO at Ambition, and this is Ambition Feed, the podcast that brings you honest conversations from school leaders. For this week's episode, we're in Oldham at the Oldham Academy North. Over the past few months, the leadership team have implemented new values to create a positive school culture. Head teacher Chris Davis and deputy head Rachel Hallam talk about school culture and ethos and how leadership is a crucial part of getting it right. Hi, I'm Chris Davis, um, head teacher of the Oldham Academy North. Um, I've been um, acting head teacher and then obviously most recently um, head teacher. And I'm Rachel Hallam, I'm deputy head teacher at the Oldham Academy North and I've worked alongside Chris for the last 18 months to two years. We've currently got 1,078 students on roll. Um, that is an increase um, in 162 students from this exact point last academic year, which is obviously fantastic um, in the fact that we're seeing a growth in our student numbers. There is an even split girls and boys. The majority of students um, are either lower or mid-attaining pupils from primary school, and there's a high proportion of our students here at the academy from a Bangladeshi background. That is, that is changing year on year. We are seeing um, a greater number of white British students uh, joining the academy from the immediate area um, where the school is. You might have noticed there I've not particularly mentioned pupil premium. Um, that's often because I believe it can be used as an excuse, you know, as, as, as to students' achievements. But if people are interested, that our, our figure is around about 65% of the academy. At Ambition, we've seen the impact that positive school cultures can have. So we started by finding out more about the culture at the academy. We asked Chris and Rachel to define their ethos and explain how they've embedded their values. How would I define the ethos um, of our school? Um, that's a really good question. I think the ethos in, in the Oldham Academy North now is one of very much a team ethos. Um, we believe in doing everything together. Um, and together I mean students, staff, uh, community and our fantastic trust that we work for, EACT, um, all working together to achieve the mission statement. And one of the very first things I did when I was appointed acting head teacher was to revisit the values with absolutely every single student in the school and every single member of staff. Um, and it was to really unpick what are the personal values for everybody. Um, and then from that point, we would design the academy values so that we can try and bring alignment from day one. Um, we kind of done things backwards because once we got the core values established, um, and agreed, we then looked at our mission statement and saying actually where do we want to be, what is it we stand for as a school. Our values are underpinned by our team ethos as Chris has just said, but each letter of the word team is an acronym so it's trust, endurance, autonomy and mastery. And as Chris explained, when we um, worked with the students and the staff, we asked the students and staff themselves what what meant a lot to them. We didn't put any words in anybody's mouth. They just came up with a, a range of statements, phrases themselves, and Chris took them all home one night and worked with his missus at home to go through every single piece of paper, and we came up with the, the four, four values that we, that we have now all over the academy. We embed the values now um, by insisting that staff and students use a common language and we display the values through our behaviours day in and day out. So as an example, um, underneath the value of trust we've kind of microscripted a little bit of what that means. So we've, we've said to students that we must respect ourselves and we must respect others. We always act with good intentions and you know that is equally as important for a member of staff regarding st uh, planning for lessons. It's equally as important for myself attending meetings, acting on students' behalf, etc. 
as long as I can always demonstrate a good intention, then I'm, I'm living by um, the academy uh, values. And also we talk about being honest and being fair, so we expect the truth first time, um, and that's from staff, from students, from everybody who comes in contact with the academy. We are quite a very, very values-driven school now. Um, you know, underneath the, the, the value of endurance, we absolutely expect and demand hard work. I expect that and demand that from staff. I model that and I make sure I model it. I work extremely hard, but also I expect that from students. Um, GCSEs have recently got a lot harder. Um, life in school is just genuinely harder because there's a lot more students. Class sizes in some cases have gone up. We have to demonstrate hard work at all times. By hard work, I also mean we need to motivate and challenge each other to be the absolute very best we can, which obviously ties into the end value of uh, mastery. Chris touched on the values there, um, and I think in terms of staff hard work, what we like to ensure with our, our staff body is that we um, use CPD, and that's a new thing for this year, our different, differentiated CPD. Um, we made it more personalised for every member of staff so that it became they became more autonomous with what it was they wanted to do to develop their own practice and pedagogy in order to become masters of their own subject. So everything is intrinsically linked to the values. Staff get an option every Monday night to pick which CPD session they attend and ultimately they become, you know, they become autonomous in their selection so that they can become the master of whatever it is that they want to achieve whether that be pastorally or whether it become working towards becoming a head of faculty in the future. We do have extremely high standards of attendance already and behaviour already and I think putting the values in place last year has helped us to improve that even further and you know achieve marginal gains in terms of average attendances improving um, but it now means that for staff having that common language, it makes it more easy, I suppose, for staff to be able to have those conversations with students about attendance and behaviour, and especially behaviour in lessons, which, you know, for the most part is very, very, very good. But when there is a pocket or there's challenging behaviour, staff are able to deal with it quickly and easily through using the values that we have in place. I think from my position um, as a leader but also you know, leadership at all levels within school, I think it's made our position easier as well because also what we're modelling with students we also model with staff. So our language around the intentions and so on, whether they be good or, or, you know, or maybe not in some cases, you know, it's always easier to have a conversation when you can draw back to a common agreement. Um, that every member of staff and student has signed up to. I am of the belief that these are the academy values um, and you know should I not be in post or you know should I move on in the future um, these are some solid core values that together as a school we've agreed and these will firmly be in place for a long period of time. Next we asked our guests to discuss the characteristics of a positive school culture and how leadership can play a role in its implementation. I think the characteristics of a positive school culture are ensuring that you lead by example at all times and making sure that your you know, whatever, in my head, whatever you walk past, that's what you accept as a standard. And so making sure that your expectations of staff and students are extremely high at all times, that you are consistently following your own, the values of the academy and making sure that everything you do, whether it's visible, whether it's via email, in a conversation that might take place, that you are always following what, you, what we put in place as the values. Something that I was told years and years ago is that you're only as strong as your weakest link and I think you know having that very very high level of consistency makes 
the team much, much stronger and making sure that there's that team accountability within the senior leadership team, the middle leadership team and the whole staff body and the, obviously the students' accountability means that everybody is working towards the same vision and the same goal at all times. You know, you can never communicate a message enough times. There's always got to be that over-clarity of communication and whether that is via staff briefing that is led by members of the senior leadership team, Chris isn't there, or Chris on a you know twice-weekly basis, um, followed up by email, followed up by conversations in the corridor, followed up by faculty leaders then having the same conversations with their staff members. You can never say the same message more you know more times than is necessary for that for it to be so clear that all staff are, are absolutely completely and utterly aware of what the vision is i just want to add there as well that you know there's a very fine line as far as i'm concerned in leadership um emails are great but emails also um i believe can damage a school culture and ethos you know so it's all right underpinning certain messages via email um, but I, my, I suppose a recommendation would be, and something I've learnt myself, is that you can't be explaining things verbally, giving examples of what, what you mean, and then back that up by an email. Don't do it the other way around. Mm -hmm. I think on that as well, something that Chris introduced last year to support staff wellbeing was that we stopped staff emailing after 8pm at night. Um, and wellbeing's been a huge thing, I think, in terms of creating that culture within the academy this year. Um, so we've done a number of things this year to support staff wellbeing and to you know to that fit in with the culture that we're trying to create here. So we've done things such as um, through our CPD sessions, we've collapsed CPD some nights for staff to get together, and we did a Master Chef event a couple of weeks ago where the staff were all just given a box of ingredients and had to create a main course and a dessert or a starter and a main course, and it was great to see all the staff so involved and, and that you know the, the, the sense of team building there was absolutely brilliant to see and on top of that we do things such as you know sport for staff and um, we've done art therapy mindfulness and the lads enjoy having a good kick about after school some nights even down to really little things that actually but it's the little things that make such a massive difference uh, on the first day of Wimbledon last year we gave all the staff strawberries and cream in briefing one morning and you know and it, it just just goes it's payback for the, the amount of work and the, the huge job that the staff do here and we just we value it so much that we do want to you know we want to say thank you to them as mm. any opportunity that we can do just to go back to the comment you made there Rachel about the the email um, thing they introduced last year I very quickly once I was appointed acting head teacher realized the impact of emails that I can have if I send somebody um, you know with the best intentions can we catch up tomorrow morning as head teacher I've seen a few members of staff come in literally shaking that the head teachers asked to catch up the following morning that made me reflect on, on the work I was doing and also the impact I would have been having on people's home lives and so on and I think that's something I will always carry forward now and make sure that I'm very very mindful of the impact I can have in a, in a very senior position but also it's leaders at all levels um, you know, middle leaders can have that same impact, exactly the same impact on a new NQT who's joined the school. You know, I'm a, I'm a father of three children myself. You know, it's important that we kind of model what we want from our staff and we're mm. respectful um, to each and every member of staff that we've got. Mm. Also respectful to children as well. I think there's a very fine line in education between pushing students and pushing students too far. Um, exams have got a lot harder, they have. 
Um, the curriculums at all different um, key stages are a lot harder than ever before. Um, but actually, I think as leaders, we've got a duty to protect some young students from going too far, um, which could affect their well-being. Um, what I'm really, really trying to do at this school is work with my senior colleagues to make sure the work that we do is sustainable and can be here year on year. We're not going to burn ourselves out. I think some advice that we could give to middle and senior leaders who are in the same situation or stepping up in the near future to the same situation that we're in is making sure that we, again, are always leading by example and that if you've got an area of responsibility, that if you're not talking about that area of responsibility, no one else is going to be doing it for you. So you've got to make sure that you step up and you're the person who is championing that role, whether it be teaching and learning, whether it be something to do with additional needs, anything within the school building, literacy coordinator, for example, you've got to be the person that's banging the drum for that area of responsibility so that your senior leaders can support you in, in any way that you need. Just leading on from that, Rachel, um, one of the key things that I've worked on with, with staff is really making sure that we provide opportunities at different points throughout the year to celebrate with staff but also with students as well. You know, some absolutely stunning work around the values. Um, one of them things that we've done is a, is a team tone challenge day where students participate in various different competitions against staff. Um, that was just one of the ideas. Um, but, but I do think as leaders we have to make that absolutely explicit at different points in the year when we're going to celebrate because the day job will just take over. I also think it's not unusual for staff within our building. We've got a lot of staff doing extra work outside of school in terms of completing masters or on various different courses through Ambition School Leadership, um, MPQH, MPQSLs, etc. I think it's always very good for our staff to tell students that they are still studying, that they're always learning. And I think it's good to celebrate successes of those as well. And I think it's it's good for the students to see that we, you know, learning isn't you know it's never over you're always learning every single day. I've seen firsthand that embedding consistent school culture is not as simple as putting values up on the wall. It's about how people act every day. Here Chris and Rachel discuss the challenges they've had to overcome to embed a successful school culture. I think one of the challenges we faced around the values in the, the very early stages because um, we was revising the values during the summer term of last year um, which was obviously a key re recruitment time and some of the some of the candidates coming in and um, were coming from schools maybe that were less values driven than what we were or we are so some of the staff were asking questions around how do we demonstrate them how do we show that because in the schools they come from the values are just purely something on a wall but don't get mentioned or discussed i think one of the major challenges that we faced when we were trying to establish the values last year was making sure that staff knew what the values actually looked like physically. And we tried to do a couple of exercises with staff in terms of microscripting them, but we didn't want physical attributes to be forced upon staff. We wanted them to have the autonomy to come up with examples of their own because being a teacher is the hardest job in the world and what we wanted to do was try to make it easier for them. And I think through using the values, that's what we've now done. Finally, we asked Chris and Rachel to reflect on their individual leadership journeys and how they have influenced their approaches to school culture and ethos. In terms of my own personal leadership journey, I think making sure that your own personal values are aligned with the school and the school that you work in 
And I, when I came to the Oldham Academy North in the first place, in the first instance, was before I even worked here on a number of different courses. And I think it was from that point that I knew that the school culture there was exactly what I wanted to work in and that, and that kind of environment. And I think now we've, we've created our values that are so intrinsically aligned to my own personal values anyway that this is why I know that this is the right school for me and this is where I fit in so well. But I think that in terms of being a leader, you've got to ensure that your values are aligned with the school that you work in. From my perspective, a lot of what I've, I kind of am bringing into my leadership style are things that I've learned from prior experience. So being a, a PE teacher and a very, very kind of sporty, sporty guy, sporty background, um, bringing a lot of the, the sports ethos um, into my leadership style and then also into school. I think that's absolutely key. There's lots and lots of similarities between you know football teams and so on and, and, and the way schools are kind of set up and the ethos that you want to bring um, about I, th I think are quite similar. I'm very very lucky because I trained um, to be a teacher in Wales so I got to try and experience some school culture there and then um, came, came to England and, and taught in inner city Manchester first and foremost. I've also visited some schools in America and Australia albeit very very briefly um, so I've, I've kind of began to really develop a little bit of a picture now of leadership and, and culture and how it can kind of piece together and how it looks in a school. Um, I have worked in schools um, where kind of values and the actual vision or mission statement of the school weren't clear and I think that's that's quite dangerous if, if you forgot that because um, there's no alignment, there's no um, clear path, no joined up working from faculties and staff. Um, and I think what that quite often brings around is in-school variation within results, within standards of performance and expectations. And I think as leaders, we have to make it absolutely crystal clear as to why we're here, what do we expect, what don't we expect. Um, and you know, that really, really develops school culture. Mm. I think, can I jump in there, Chris? Yeah. I think one of the issues that I think I faced when working in, in other schools is the, the absolute need to maintain professional boundaries and I think you've just touched on it there that in certain schools or certain faculty areas where people may work there may be an over tendency to have staff who are over friendly with each other and that overstep that professional boundary. Just to say on top of that in terms of things I've experienced in the past I have also you know experienced a culture of I suppose fear but I'm not too sure if that's the right word or not but where there's unrealistic deadlines being set and the absolute demand you know if there's an email sent late at night they need work by the following morning I think that can be so dangerous mm. and you know, potentially crush a school culture if you like because it can really bring about work that isn't sustainable mm. uh, don't get me wrong at some points in, in, in working life you know, we will get tight deadlines and that's the nature of, of the kind of job that we do but actually we need to really make sure that that becomes a rarity um, and the work and the, the deadlines that we set in are mutually um, agree you know agreeable um, or convenient for everybody um, that often you know what I found in, from my experience is when that is the case um, the actual quality of work and the output by staff increases as a byproduct that's it for this episode of Ambition Feed. We hope you enjoyed this insight into culture at Oldham Academy North. You can join the conversation by searching for Ambition Feed on Facebook or by following hashtag Ambition Feed on Twitter. Head to ambitionschoolleadership.org.uk forward slash feed for more information. Next time, we'll be exploring school culture and ethos further with experts from Ambition School Leadership. Bye for now. Thank you.